Actually, you know what? Let me restart. Able to cut that part out and then keep those little, keep those little, a little, a little begin. They can be off the boop, they can yeah, be off exactly. The <laughs> oh, man. I, was, I was gonna hold line, like hold the line, <laughs> hold the line. <laughs> that was my energy. I was not, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I'm forgetting to look at the green button. I'm like, stop it, look at the green, look at the green, look at the. Stop it. Like, we were going to push through it, though. We, we would have gotten there. We would have gotten there. Yeah. As soon as you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Uh, what's going on, beautiful people? This is the We Come As Equals podcast. Yeah. Back with you once again. I am Q. I'm Jay. Yeah. We are everyday people having extraordinary conversations. Uh, it is so good to see you. We are feeling good. We got our energy together. We had a good laugh prior to this moment that you all are seeing right now. Uh, so it really put us in a good spirit. And I think we're gonna need it to help us balance out some of the conversation that, that we're gonna have today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it might be a little bit heavy, might be a little bit vulnerable, might have to get open, might have to share uh, some aspects of just how we're feeling and how we're experiencing this moment and this time. But I think it's, it's gonna be soup, uh, what do they call it? Chicken soup for the soul? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's yeah. gonna be good, good, good nourishment for our soul. Uh, yeah. So you know, just getting right into it, and we're not even gonna beat around the bush. We're just gonna hop right into it. This conversation today uh, is a discussion around loneliness, around isolation, around solitude, around uh, distinguishing the difference between loneliness and being alone. There's a significant difference between the two. Mm -hmm. and just our thoughts on the impact that the pandemic has caused uh, in, in heightening all of those feelings. Mm -hmm. and, and in particular, <clears throat> us finding ourselves in this period of moving close to the holiday season and mm -hmm. individuals dealing with seasonal depression, mm -hmm. uh, wrestling with other, a wide range of emotions, not just depression, but, but trying to figure out how to cope with all of the emotions during this time on top of the fact that there is a major global pandemic that's happening of the mm -hmm. likes that we've never seen in our lifetime. Uh, right. It's happened over the course of history, but we haven't seen it in our lifetime. Right, right. And it's, um, it, it's a lot of things, but it's almost, it's almost like this teachable moment. Like I'm, I'm learning, I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot about not just myself because Maybe we have to do that all the time, every day, but just learning a lot about people and my family and um, gaps in our connections and, and microaggressions and, and, and what it looks like to just follow a trend blindly because that's the only thing that makes you feel something. Like, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just learning. I'm learning. So I, and I don't think I'm alone. Would you say, would you say like, you feel like you, you're learning some stuff too during this, this moment? Yeah. And I, and I was going to ask you um, before, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll respond to that about what I've been learning too. But I wanted to ask you, as you were talking, I was saying to myself, uh, at what point did the learning begin this year? Did it, did, did I find myself or would I consider myself having, <coughs> excuse me, and we're going to talk about that experience that just happened too. Um, and how that experience manifests itself like when you're in public and this idea of proximity. Oh, wow. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't catch it because, yeah, all right, that's time. Yeah. But, you know, you know, during this, during this time, I mean, we are going into, what do we say, month number seven now. No, month number eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in month number eight. And I had to, to pause as I was listening to you to determine if I would honestly say that in month number one, which would have been March for us here in the US, mm-hmm. would have been March, <clears throat> late February, early March, if I had postured myself in a learning posture or mm-hmm. did I consider myself to be in survival mode, like, like your, your, your fight fight or flight responses that's, that's good. Yeah. during that time. And I don't know if many of us were willing to accept what was happening as a learning experience mm-hmm. as much as we were seeking to like get past it. Cause mm-hmm. we all thought, you know, originally this was going to be like a three week thing, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. And a few of us, I mean, I, I had had a mind <clears throat> that this was going to go to like July. Mm-hmm. I did not see necessarily November, mm-hmm. but I definitely felt like, eh, I kind of know how Americans go with certain things mm-hmm. and compliance is just not a thing for us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all of our rights and our freedoms and our, you know, ability to do what we want to do. <clears throat> but the byproduct of that sometimes is is we want to do we want to be able to do what we want to do even at the expense of someone else's well-being uh so you know i was as you were talking i was trying to think through at what stage in this experience over the last eight months did my posture shift and i pivoted towards seeking it as a learning as a teachable experience i don't Mm -hmm. know like do you have a sense of uh, or, or would you say that you've even arrived at that moment of it being a teachable? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I had just made that assumption, but I didn't even ask whether that might even be true because that may not be true for everybody. Mm. So I like what you did because it makes me, I don't know, I have to kind of unpack in myself if the fact that I'm learning something in this moment means I truly consider it a teachable moment for me as opposed to um, a moment of tragedy or a moment of disheartment, uh, you know, just uh, a disheartening moment, I should say. Um, And it could be both, you know, it could be both disheartening and teachable. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think, okay, so to, to, to get at an answer for me, I, I must admit it was not a teachable moment at the beginning, as, as you said. It was not, I, I didn't see it lasting even this long. I didn't, I didn't think we were in it for the long haul like we are currently. Um, hmm. I was just surviving. I um trying to keep a cool head. Just trying not to lose my shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's all it was. I wasn't doing a lot of processing. The the only space that allowed me to do some processing about the moment was social <laughs> media because it was right. easy to see the knee-jerk reactions of people with challenges and, and clubs and initiating things and launching things and these trends. And I said, okay, I'm learning something about others in this moment, well, others on social media, but that was about it. Right. It, it happened, it happened just a few months ago, if I'm, if I'm honest, maybe just a month ago that it sunk in like, oh, we're here. Right. We're here and the, it's not that the future is uncertain. It's just that I don't know what to think about the future. Hmm. I don't even know if I wanna think about the future because of what it could look like. Saying, you're saying in a negative way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a, in a, in a, yeah. Yeah. In a negative way. And it's like, I don't, and, and I think maybe a lot of us maybe have not named it as that, but that pushed us to just do things that made us feel good. And so it's almost like we, it's almost like we got overconnected mm -hmm. to try to make up for some of that wrestling that for me, I didn't even want to admit it. I, I just didn't have space to admit uh, I'm messed up. I don't know know what the future holds i don't even know if i want to think about what it could possibly hold yeah mm. yeah um yeah I, I, I want to come back to this point about being uh over okay. i would say that i've learned i've i've learned in like phases and um almost like uh, concentric circles, hmm. like, like learning, I've learned at the exact same, and all, and all, like, again, all of this is happening at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. I've learned mm -hmm. <clears throat> about myself. I've learned about my relationship. I've learned about my family. I've learned about my community. And then I've learned about my community, Big C. Mm -hmm. uh, I've learned about the public. I've learned about society, the nation, 
mm. the world as I'm kind of working my way out and looking at all of the, the, the pieces of the solar system, the, the sort of social solar system. That makes um, your universe. Exactly. And they're all moving just like you would see on a normal uh, you know, diagram of a solar system with the planets. They're all moving at different speeds, different pace, you know, and they're all in some ways trying to better understand their position with the, the thing that doesn't move, which is the constant at the moment. And the constant at the moment is the pandemic is the coronavirus, it's COVID. Mm. COVID is the sun. And all of the pieces that I just described are moving around the mm. virus. And they're all trying to figure out their position in relationship to it. Um, and so, you know, I, I may have mentioned um, you know, having to to have COVID hit so close to home for me, mm -hmm. uh, it has really pushed me uh, to think <clears throat> more broadly about my life, about the desires that I want for myself, for my family, for my relationship, for my loved ones, uh, for my children that I have not had the chance to have at the moment. Um, and then also the sort of frailty and fragility of time at the at the at the same experience of like man this could all end tomorrow and i don't know why for some reason COVID has done this with a lot of people that feeling that i that sentence that i just described is yeah. a feeling that so many have had when that has always been present you know you could always go out the out of the house and get into a car accident or you know you have a crime that's committed against you and something happens and you lose your life but for some reason maybe because of the um um it's like just random and ubiquitous and there's no like 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 usually we would be able to identify a pattern right like I, I could identify a pattern that might say that might say to me, um, I have a higher propensity to lose my life if I do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. If I do a certain amount of drugs, I raise my probability of dying. You know, if I go to certain neighborhoods that may be a little bit more dangerous, statistics will tell me I have a higher probability of something happening to me. Mm -hmm. And something about this experience, the randomness of it, the ubiquity, the, the fact that it's just so, just whatever, anybody, anytime, any age, any pre-existing conditions, no pre-existing conditions. No, this no side of the country. rules that we know right. of right now. Like, right. what the hell even is this? Right. How do you right. fight the shit? Right, right. Where you have something like, you know, listeria or E. coli, it's usually connected to food. And you know, okay. You know what to do. Don't yeah. eat the lettuce today or for the next six weeks. And I'm good. And it affects the lettuce industry. And right. 
everything around that, but it doesn't shut down. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So having to wrestle in that solar system mm -hmm. and then negotiating that same space with all of the other planets that I just named, it's, it's taxing and it creates its own level of fatigue and weariness and like lethargy. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, it's almost like your, your shoulders are heavy as if you're wearing very wet, soaked, damp clothing. Mm. That feeling. Like mm. if, you, if you just jump in like the lake or a pool or something and then you get out and your clothes you're, you jumped in with your regular clothes on and you get out and your clothes are just draping on you because they're filled with water. And that heaviness of like, you know, you having to now walk mm -hmm. with your clothes mm -hmm. dripping everywhere. That's kind of how I'm seeing people move in this space. And so just like you said, what do you take from that when you made the statement about the future? Mm -hmm. our desire to move past it it's it's always about getting past it we're now confronted with the possibility that there is no past it that that there may be a reality and a life where covid and all of its iterations and adaptations over the future Mm -hmm. will just be a part of our society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then what does that mean for the future? Just as you're saying. And, and trigger warning before, before I say, before I say this for anyone, you know, having this conversation with us, when you were talking about, you know, us being in the midst of it still, it made me think, it immediately made me think about the horrific video of our fallen brother, George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And that 846, right? Yep. 846 and how watching that for that amount of time was enough to drive anyone crazy. Mm -hmm. We're in a 846 moment of society and mm -hmm our networks and our family structures and business structures and relationships, we're still watching it. You know, you know, watching that video, it's like part of you has to feel, even if you don't name it, when is this going to end? Yep. Like, like somebody's got to come in a second and like tell buddy to stop. Like, right. bro, like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? You, you know, it, you know, in this moment, a lot of our energy is like, okay, where's the kill switch? Right. So we're just in, we're just in it. And you, you can't help but feel away, even if you don't know how to name how you feel about that. Yeah. 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 Uh... To, to your point just a second ago and circling back to the to the connectedness piece. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, 
you know, are we are we experiencing a sort of crisis of being overconnected? And that's it. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would absolutely agree with that that belief because where you know in the midst of the pandemic we all sort of rush as you just said like we 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 rush to this one central place that makes us even if it's artificial it makes us feel as though we're connected uh yep and and it's 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 the it's directly proportionate to the amount of disconnect that we feel from the pandemic and the rules and the ways that we have to function as a society because of the pandemic mm -hmm. the way that we that that there's this that there's even a concept called social distancing um there's nothing social about being distant you know there's there's nothing there's nothing uh it, 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 it's it's almost like the social piece is the way that it's palatable for us yeah the, the way that the concept itself that we're able to digest it we tag like social media right exactly like it's media because it it keeps us connected and you know whatever the case may be yeah. and uh, you know that's debatable it, absolutely it, it's almost as if they chose social distancing as opposed to mandatory distancing. Right. Uh, right. Risk prevention distancing. Right. Uh, right. Right. Safety distancing. Safety. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, you know, what, what would this be like had this pandemic happened in the 90s? Hmm. You know, <laughs> as, we, as we think about this idea of like distance. We don't. We wouldn't have had the the sort of social media piece to help us bridge ourselves together, um, you know. And and in some ways, I mean, without sort of going on this tangent of thought too long in terms of the '90s or or even times before that. Just I guess we're saying like pre-internet, social media, whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah. You know, pre us having the ability on our phone to be able to to do that, or our laptops, or our tablets, or whatever. Mm -hmm case may be. Um, I, I actually believe we may have coped with it a little bit better. I think we would have coped with it one because, you know, at that time, we're only getting our news sources from a couple of places. Mm -hmm. And then two, um, compliance was more readily acceptable. Um, and now, because you have a sort of proliferation of any and everything, everyone's opinions, everyone's views, everyone's research, everyone is whatever, fill in the blank, mm -hmm. you now have a lot of room for speculations about everything, you yeah. know, in ways that you wouldn't have had at, at that moment. It would have been, oh, we just got to shut down for two months, then we would have just been shutting down for two months. And that just would have been what it was. I think. I mean, maybe, you know, that's an oversimplification. No, I, I don't know. No, I think we would have, um, I think I agree, and I think we would have innovated uh, phone calls. There would have been leaps and bounds in in telecommunications. Um, 
Because, you know, there was a time when you left home and there was no connection to home, like none. Right. You didn't know what was going. We live in a time now in 2020. You can watch your home. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Away from home. Yeah. Like talk about being connected. I mean, but it, it begs the question, are you because you can see inside of your home when you're not there? Are you connected to your home? No, no, you're you're connected to a representation of your home. You're connected to a, uh, uh, you know, hmm, right, yeah. So they, so they, they never figured out how to solve the connection issue. They just, I, I don't know if that if that's what they saw as the problem. It's not, it's not, it's absolutely not. But I think some of us, some of us acted as if it was. It's in the same way, um, I think we talked about this a while back, how, and maybe they've changed over time, how Chick-fil-A doesn't necessarily say they do healthy food, but general perception is that it's a healthier option. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. We did that. We did uh, that. Burger King had the same thing happen with the Impossible Whopper, and somebody tried to sue them because they tasted meat on the patty. And Burger King said, "We never said the sandwich was vegan. Mm-hmm. We just have a vegan patty." It's is is all of these uh, assumptions, right? That we just kind of naturally make, right? You know, and and maybe in the nineties there were a, there were less assumptions being made about what it meant to be connected and yep. what it meant as you said earlier to push back mm-hmm. against a mandate a norm a trend uh, you know a thing to do yeah yeah for certain and and the belief and then that assumption now translates into where we are now mm-hmm. this assumption that for some reason the pandemic has like created our emotional experiences that we're seeing uh, when like, like what I mean by that is that so many things like the pandemic is becoming a red herring to explain things that are actually, that were actually already there mm-hmm. that the pandemic didn't create these things, these impulses to do or act out in a certain way. A perfect example of this, right? The, the anti-maskers, is is a great example of this. Okay. The pandemic did not create this world where there are these people that are willing to punch someone in the face because somebody asked them to put on a mask. Those emotional experiences were already present and it just took the catalyst of the pandemic to bring them to the surface. They were already there. And so this now, you know, kind of leading into our conversation, you know, ties, segues perfectly into, into this idea of the way that we have wrestled with loneliness mm-hmm. and isolation and, and being alone during this time that many people have attributed that to, wow, I'm having such a difficult time being alone oh my god i'm losing my mind i can't deal with i can't believe da, 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 da. and attributing it to the pandemic 
as you are the reason you're at fault. Yeah. Pandemic, COVID. Yeah, it's a scapegoat. We're scapegoating. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Versus the fact that it was that that we've already had a unique predisposition to loneliness long before the pandemic came. You yeah. know, and and in many ways, what we've come to understand as the experiences through social media, back to that question of like, was it, was it, did it have an intended pur purpose? to address connectivity, to solve mm. that problem. Right, right, right. And it actually maybe never intended to do that. And in many ways, amplified issues around isolation and loneliness as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, right, because social media absolutely highlighted the fact that I am hypothetically, I am self-absorbed to the point that I live and breathe on the amount of likes my content gets because right. in real life, no, I don't feel like anyone likes me. Right. Right. The pandemic did not do that to me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Hypothetically, right. did not do that was already there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. To, to, to your point, I think that's a beautiful point. Right, right. And that as we as we talk through it, man, you know, it it raises these questions about the true nature of depression, right? And the, and depression specifically tied to to the pandemic, to the amplification of social media, to mm -hmm. to all of these things that we um, have come to experience even more so over the last eight months. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, as we were like thinking about this conversation and kind of unpacking this question around depression, there was this concept that we came upon, a particular type of depression. Yeah, that's uh, what. Yeah, yeah, it's called, um, it's called anaclytic depression. And once we, you know, the more that we started to really unpack this, this concept of anaclytic depression, the more that we were like, it was almost like this light bulb moment of, oh my God, like the world is experiencing this as an unintended byproduct of social media. And now even, you know, more, you know, greatly amplified through the pandemic. Um, just, just to be helpful, let me, let me read the definition, one definition uh, that I think is a powerful one that really captures it. Anaclytic mm -hmm. depression is, um, and then thinking about in terms of like social media, everything we just talked about, right? Mm -hmm. Depression involving interpersonal dependency. It is characterized by intense fears of abandonment and feelings of helplessness and weakness. Depression involving interpersonal dependency, which is characterized by intense fears of abandonment and feelings of helplessness and weakness. And if I can't figure out a better definition for what we see every day on social media, <laughs> is, is that. So, I mean, I don't know, it begs the question, like, 
have we all been in a haze of anaclytic depression for years now? For years. But there was enough stuff going on. There was enough noise. There was just enough uh, distractions that we never had to admit it like that. We didn't have to look at it like that. We didn't, you know, we didn't have to say it like that. We could just mm -hmm. say, you know, I'm going through a rough time. Yeah. But what happens when the whole year is a rough time? Like, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the, and the power of uh, of unplugging, um, it's such an such an underrated. It, it, it's an underrated process, but it, it's become a cliche concept at the exact same time. There's people who kind of talk about the language, but not really. Like a lot of folks don't really unplug like that. You know what I'm saying? It, it sounds good to say, you know, like fasting. It sounds good to say until you practice it and then really see if you're going to follow through with it. When that, when that first headache hit, because right. body's going through withdrawal from the sugar. Exactly, exactly. Didn't nobody tell. Didn't nobody tell me about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so man, like you know, build, building off everything that we just said. Um, how do we wrestle with with loneliness in the midst of that? In the thinking about wide range of people that are experiencing that right now, mm -hmm. um, not being able to to be with their loved ones, people that they care about, or. Mm -hmm or, you know, friends or colleagues or whatever the case that they have to telework. Mm -hmm. um, or on the other side of that coin, what if they're in a house full of people and they're still wrestling with loneliness? What, is, what, what if being in a house full of people actually communicates to you more that you are lonelier now more than you've ever been? Because the assumption is that, mm -hmm. man, if I just spent more time with the people that I love and care about, yeah. I might not feel as lonely as I do. And then what do you do when you have seven people in your house? And now it's like, man, it ain't been them the whole time. Yeah. Bro, that 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 makes so much sense to me, but I could I can almost feel someone maybe even struggling like is this really loneliness when I'm not alone? Hmm. Like I'm not, like you said, it's a house full of people and are there other interpersonal issues going on amongst these family and relationship dynamics? You know, is, is it, I could, I could see someone, you know, we, we kind of have had some time to sit with this when it kind of came up within us we said okay let's let's talk about it and we didn't know how we were going to get into it and all that but we sat with it for a minute and we had to name how it was making us feel you know what yeah. I'm, saying? So I'm thinking somebody hearing it they're like is this even loneliness what i'm feeling it's all these people like my wife is in here with me. my husband is in here with me right right so there's a lesson in wrestling with it but what so so there's a difference is that what we're saying? It's a difference. It, it, yeah, I, I think I think we have to parse that out. We have to unpack what it truly what it means to truly be alone. Mm. Um, and then I think that will propel us into 
how is it different to be alone and to be lonely? Yeah, that. Yeah. See, this, this, it gets, it almost gets spooky because alone is something that is um, scary to a lot of people. Yep. A lot of children, a lot of grown people, a lot of people in relationships might be in a jacked up relationship right now just because a couple months ago, eight months ago, you just didn't want to be alone. Yep. Uh-huh. So you got with somebody that was flirting with you. Right. Right. And, right. and that's real, no judgment. No, you know, no. Yeah. I'm just saying that's that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. And um uh so you know, so I'll say this that idea that, that you're describing, you know, this this fear around being alone and mm. how it's 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 the boogeyman or the boogie woman. Or, or the or the the boogie non-gender conformer. I don't know what the name is. <laughs> you, bro, that is so funny. That that doesn't bother me at all. But some people get so exhausted by that. Yeah, just learn a new word. Right, like, right. <laughs> you're saying the same thing. Just learn how to say it in a way that don't you know trigger somebody's childhood trauma damn exactly right <laughs> is, it, is it that deep like it's people really out here struggling with that mm -hmm. all you got to do is pick a new word yep but anyway simple as that yeah. but no man um you know the uh the fear of of, of being alone and um and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm and, and this is probably, I think maybe this might be a good, good place to, to really name this in this conversation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for those that are watching, those that are listening, uh, this is, this conversation is just as much for us as it is for you all. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, you may find us taking these long moments to pause and reflect. Uh, part of it is because we felt that it's important not to rush through this discussion um, because this discussion might be something that someone needs to get through their week. Um, but we also felt it was important not to rush through this discussion because uh, we wouldn't be true to ourselves in whatever it is we're processing being in the midst of the pandemic. We're not having this conversation on the other side of the pandemic, mm -hmm. having it right in the middle of it. So many revelations that were that are coming to mind are actually coming to mind right now for the first time for us yeah. and so we are living it at the same time that you all may be living it and listening or watching this for the first time yeah um so so i just wanted to name that yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know it may feel as though our pace is moving at a more patient diligent step-by-step -step pace as we as we unpack these ideas mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 space it's space to do our thing and laugh we always trip out nothing wrong with that but it's it's, it's also space just to sit here yep yeah think about this stuff <laughs> yeah i mean to to be alone we're truly un unpacking that mm -hmm. Uh, to be alone, in some ways, we already enter the concept of being alone by, uh, of defining being alone 
by a definition of being together um, in some ways, like, like the lo alone, being alone has traditionally been defined as the opposite of being together. It's, it's not, not together, not being together. Right. Um, not being together. Uh, yeah, not to gather, right? Not, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. As so, as word, that's, the, that's the spell that word cast, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we fight it. We push against it. We wrestle with it. You know, all of us know people that like, they always have to be in the mix. They always have to be around somebody. They always have to be doing something. And in many ways, um, I would argue that some of those individuals are the loneliest people, even in the midst of being around hundreds of other folks. That's that, why that they it, act like yeah, yeah. It's something that is something that they're chasing. And maybe part of it is we aren't taught how to properly be alone. Wow. No one teaches that to you. What's, what should be mandatory learning because there's such benefit that one can, can gather on their own rather than what they can gather when they to gather together. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. Right. So like um, we were taught alone is not together not together as opposed to alone is being together with myself yes getting together with myself that's being alone you know it's not a, alone isn't we haven't we haven't given action energy to alone not that i i've never heard anyone use alone as a verb like i've never heard one someone say I aloned you. I'm I'm aloning mm. situation. I'm aloning my trip. Yeah. In 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 our vernacular and in our language and the way we use our words, we tend to do that with certain words when it's more effective to convey the message. But alone is something you are. It's a being. Yeah. So it could be with anyone, including yeah. myself, yeah. yourself, including. Yeah. Yeah. As an idea. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's, and it's, you know, to, to some degree, to some degree, we have to, we have to put some onus here on certain faith beliefs and religious beliefs, ways that we've come to understand, you know, what God has talked about and, and, and this idea of it's not good for man to be alone. Um, the, the way that being alone has in the Western context, been demonized it, it's been this this idea of being ostracized of being casted out of being made to sit in the corner by yourself when you got in trouble in school you had to go sit over in the corner alone and face the wall or do whatever it is that you had to do and the kids might laugh at you the other kids might laugh at you because you're not with us anymore or you come in and you know you're learning how to navigate social spaces and communities and you come into lunch and you see that like that classic 
like TV show afternoon special where the new kid comes in and they sit down and then all the other kids get up from the table and then yeah. they leave the kid there. And, you know, so all throughout our society, we see these images that's, you know, images that are perpetuated that tells us, hey, whenever you are alone, it is a bad thing. Yeah. Find some people. Yeah. You know, find some people, hurry up, get around some other folks. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, man, the value of being alone has, I mean, quadrupled in my life. Right. And and it was, it, same. And it was important to me as a child. I like being alone as a child. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, we get indoctrinated with these ideas and and part of what we want to communicate right now is that there's value in being alone. There's tremendous value of learning about yourself, learning about what you feel and think when everything is quiet. Uh-huh. Those thoughts that you have when you don't have the distractions of the world pulling you in 80 different directions and you get a chance to stand still by yourself and you can't deflect it onto anybody else as the cause for why you're thinking and feeling what you're feeling. It's just you. Mm-hmm. It's just you all by yourself. Hmm. And there's power that comes with that. Power mm-hmm. that comes with, with the acceptance of that. Yeah. Yeah. True indeed. True indeed. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've kind of experienced that a little bit, um, part, particularly as we work to develop and design new things. And anybody that, that has designed anything new or anything from scratch oh, will tell yeah, you. Yeah, I like, yeah, I see where you're going, yeah. yeah. Like, like every moment of creation starts, in most cases starts in solitude, starts yeah. in being alone. Yeah. Um, and, and the process in and of itself of creation can be lonely and can be empowering as you're being alone trying to figure it out. Yeah, because, right, because when you create a thing from scratch, you know, it's really nothing new, but in your way in this lifetime or whatever, sometimes you can't afford for people to be around. Yeah. You know, and I, I I heard it in a clip on social media not too long ago. It's like, you know, you... In the beginning, you might not even know what it is you're working on. Not completely. You don't, a lot of times you don't start off with your elevator pitch. Yeah. You just don't. I I remember us, you know, when we first got started, you know, kind of owning the the title of creative and we were just working on that, that elevator pitch. That joint would not come at first. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was us and we knew one another and you know what I'm saying, all this stuff. And so just imagine being on your own. You might not, the only person you have to bounce an idea off is yourself. Yeah. 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 yeah for certain. I mean, this is how it goes. Yeah. And that's across the board. I mean, that could be in like, you know, a woman getting pregnant, you know, starts in the oneness with herself and the child that's developing in the womb, the, the writing experience, the, you know. Yeah. 
all of those pieces, points of inspiration. You may just be in a shower by yourself and you just, boom, you have this, you know, it starts here alone with self, you know, not with this new kind of fresh way of thinking about alone. So alone with self, it starts that way, but then it, it, it becomes something else once other people begin to experience it. So, so giving birth, you know, prayerfully a child is born into a support system. So yeah, you know, um, the 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 writing piece. You you write it prayerfully. You ship it after you write it. Don't don't sit on it. And maybe this is one of those. <laughs> I don't yeah. know who needs to hear this moment. Like, go get the book, man. Yeah. Go go get the book, sis. Like it's already written. It's really like you're not. You don't. You made it through writer's block and all that and all of that, right? You edited, well, you began to edit. Go get it. Go put your hands on it right now if you can. Go get it and do something meaningful with it. You know, mm-hmm. it starts lonely. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily stay there. I right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah that, that's how it goes. You. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. So how how do how do we help us and others distinguish between being alone and loneliness? Uh-huh. Like we've been kind of teetering on this okay. definition a little bit of what it means to be alone and to be lonely, and making sure that uh, we are helping ourselves and others not conflate the two, because they have been used interchangeably. Yeah, and that hasn't always served the best interests of each definition, um, each idea, each concept. We have we have to kind of have it in its own place, right? Because alone doesn't necessarily have a negative connotation, but right. loneliness usually always has a negative connotation to it. Right. Use it interchangeably. You could be casting something on yourself that you don't intend to. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm lonely right now. Are you? Are you just alone? Right. Not necessarily a bad thing. That could be, as you said, that could be a very, very powerful thing in your life and in your story. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, these concepts that you'll see, like, I don't have anybody to talk to. Right. And I'm using air quotes, not not as a dismissive um, thing. I'm using it as it's a literal okay. quote. Yeah. yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. But I just I just want to name it because sometimes when people you know, like animal crackers, you know, <laughs> animal crackers, you know, so, so I want to make sure that I, I'm, I'm clarifying that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that, that you hear people say, like, I don't have anybody to talk to, you know, I'm, I'm lonely because I don't have anybody to talk to. And, you know, like you just said, is, is that true? Um, you know, or, or can you or should you kind of shift your thinking on how you're looking at it? Like, there might be 20 people around you that are willing to have the most beautiful conversation with you about the things that you're dealing with, the things that you're going through, or just the life that you're experiencing. And you, you know, you haven't actually picked up the phone to even try to see if anybody would talk to you. I started laughing because I'm like, is it that you don't have anyone to talk to or do you just have trash friends? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, maybe you need new friends. 
That could be very well, that could be very well the case. I mean, that, that you know, again, but, but again, back to that point. If you have not adequately spent enough time alone with yourself in your oneness, you will not be properly equipped to assess whether your friends are quality or whether your friends are trash. You can't even see it. You have complete blind spots around you. Blind spots, yep. Yeah, of their inconsistencies or deficiencies or certain things that you then attribute to the fact that no one is there for you. Yeah. When, and, and, and this is what's so crazy, man, about this whole, you know, about this concept of like, I don't have anybody for me. It would behoove one to try and spend a lot of time alone earlier in life because it becomes more difficult to cultivate these relationships the older you get. It's more difficult to go out and seek a best friend when you're 45. People are kind of setting their relationships and, and, and they're even setting the dysfunctional ones that they like written off as like, that's just the way that they are. It's uh, coming to America, uh, where do you go to meet a nice girl? Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you gotta go to a black awareness rally. <laughs> you, gotta go. you gotta go, yeah, so. Um, yeah, so, you know, um, just, just being honest about, about where, about where you are in the process and about how you're looking and examining the things around you just as much as you're examining yourself, mm -hmm. um, and mm. you know, figuring out what, what it really means to express this idea of having strong, strong emotional health. Um, because your outlook, you know, that glass half empty piece can be extremely detrimental to you really embracing a full idea and concept of community and of having loved ones and people that care about you. Um, but sometimes those narratives can get really strong, like really, really strong in your head. And once your mind, once the subconscious is, is, mind's made up that you don't have anyone there, there's nobody that supports you. There's no one that cares about you. There's no one that would care whether you are alive or not alive. There's no one that loves you. Um, man, it's only people that wish the worst on you. It's just my haters, my enemies. You know, that sort of ideology can be a very powerful narrative. Yeah. You know, yeah. governing the way that, that, you, that you operate you know, in, in your life. Yeah, I, I like to use the language uh, just casting a negative spell. Yeah. Continuously saying these things. Yep. And you say it so much out loud and in your head, you naturally begin to believe it. Right. And that's when it has power. Once you begin to believe the idea, it's yeah. like activated, you know, yeah. you plug it into a power source. Yeah. And then yeah. it just, yeah, does you know comes in and just start knocking stuff over like yeah that's a house guest we talk about being alone that's a house get a house guest that negativity probably don't need to invite them I don't mm -hmm. want to be uh safe safe at home sheltered with that yeah no because yeah. it's it's difficult to get neg negativity to move out once it moves in and starts unpacking its luggage 
and hanging up the clothes. It's always got baggage. All the time. Lots of them, too. Enough that you could put up in the attic, you know. Come get it. Come get those later. You know, once you unpack these, you're going to have to go get those later. Right. It's hard um, to get negativity to move out. Yeah, big big designer bags and big uh, dollar store bags, too. Because right. Some baggage is a little more expensive than 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 others, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Come in. Come on, lead. Yeah, but you know what? You know, I, I think maybe uh, this might be um, as we as we kind of talk about this, unpack this idea of like narratives, like the stories that we tell ourselves. Maybe this is a good tangent for us to talk about the difference between truth and true. Okay. Yeah, the, the difference between something being true and something being the truth. Okay. Uh, does that does does that conceptually Yeah, I feel like we I feel like we've we picked it this before. Um and this is cool because is we if we did, we get to go back and see it. Right. You know, does it still ring true? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Does it still ring true today? But yeah, I think that's because it might be all right. It might be true that you don't have anyone to talk to, but the truth is you haven't been honest with your needs from others around you. Right. That that's the truth, and it's not that you made a mistake. It's just something you haven't done yet. Right. And so maybe the people around you will grow with you once you start to name what you need. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I was just gonna pick up right right where you left off right there, mm-hmm. and say um, that what's true for you is a hundred percent real and it's not us saying that that what's true for you is to be dismissed because it can be very true for you and how you feel and it does not mean that it's synonymous with being the truth about a thing you can have an outlook just like you said like you can have an outlook and in your heart of hearts deep down inside mm-hmm. you believe it to be true and then once you start to believe something to be true you know, just like when you're car shopping, you're looking for a certain car and you start seeing it everywhere. Like, like once you believe something to be true, you start seeing all the signs that point to that thing being true. But yeah. if you took a step back or if somebody else was to analyze the, the entirety of the situation or the relationship or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. they'll see a truth that does not live inside your truth. And they're finding ways to help you unpack that in a healthy way, which is why you need conversation partners. Speaking of this thing that's about distant, you also need some conversation partners that are a bit distant from your current reality and situation because they'll help you have a vantage point that you may not necessarily see whether that is a therapist, whether that is a spiritual counselor or a pastor, you know, whoever the person may be, that could be your grandparent, that Uh could be a coworker, somebody, 
you know, that, that you're in conversation with that is at, at critical distance from, from the situation and from you and can give you a truth that does not live inside of your truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, nah, that's, that's, yeah, you need, you, I think you need someone that you can ask openly and honestly, am I tripping? Yep. Am I, am I in my feelings right now? Am I tripping? Am, am, am I seeing it wrong? And it might even be with the person you're talking to. Like, look, I took something you said. Like, am, am I tripping? Yeah. Meaning, like, that has become a part of the practice, like the everyday commitment practice, in order for us to have the healthiest version of the truth in our own lives so that we can say very healthy true things about our lives and the lives of others mm -hmm. it's, it's all about i feel like it's all about um doing what's necessary to get to that place of good health yeah what whatever that takes and whatever that looks like you know some people need to fall back some people need to engage Someone needs to go get the book. Someone needs to throw it in the trash and go do, you know what I'm saying? What you know you're supposed to. But it's all about being healthy in our thinking about what's true and what is the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, a, a fantastic marker of high emotional well-being. And, and just to add on to the piece that you just said about that conversation partner, mm -hmm. if you select the right conversation partner, Mm -hmm. This person can even see how you got to your truth, even if they can also help you see the larger truth. They can acknowledge like, I, I see why you would see it like that. I see it I because I may have taken it that way, too. But let me come at it from a different angle and, and say, here are some other things that I'm hearing or sensing, um, maybe not even about the other person. Maybe I because I may know some backstory about you, yeah. I may say, hey, you sure this is not connected to what you told me six months ago? Because it kind of sounds like this is a trigger for you and da 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 da, da you know? And you're like, oh man, I didn't even think about it. Like, right. you know, that that's the battleground for what we're talking about. You know, I hate to invoke, you know, violence in this moment, but that's that's the warring, the warring platform. That's where the 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 swords clash, you know, right there in the mind, you're thinking, because this can happen from a conversation with someone else. It can happen with a conversation with yourself that yep. you just make a, a decision like, oh, no, nah, that, that's not what it is. Yeah. And it changed the whole trajectory of your day in this particular part of your journey. Yeah. 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 For certain. And it, and it, it you know, it, it turns, it, it, it makes, um, it can make loneliness rear its head in a way that does not serve us well you know that in a, in a way that's not helping us to advance to the next level of our growth the next level of our development mm -hmm. loneliness stunts our development in in a number of ways because we all need a sense of community in order for us to grow we need to be able to put our lives and experiences, our perspectives, our views, our opinions, our ideas, our relationships, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. in conversation with other people around us. 
-hmm. in order for us to best become the people that we are. And as you said earlier, when you made the comment about the trash friends, if those with whom you're in proximity are not quality individuals or are not quality individuals for you, they're not serving the needs that you need to have served. Doesn't mean that they're bad people. They just may not be the people you need in your proximity, yeah. which is causing indirectly you to feel or could be a sense of loneliness, even more so than what you already feel with the pandemic happening at the moment. Yeah, yes, yes. And they may not be the, the people for you anymore. Right. They have ran its course. Mm -hmm. Wrong. We've been in this for months now and you've, you've used it as a teachable moment and you've learned some things about yourself. And so your, your needs have changed and it's like you said, it's not that they're bad people and it's not that they, it's not that they were tricking you all this time either. Yeah. You, you had me fooled. I thought you were this way. No, when we grow, if, if our friends don't grow with us, then you know what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about what loneliness is not. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what loneliness is. Like, how do we know it when we are in it? How do we know it when we're experiencing it? Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do, how do we know it when it shows up? I, I guess, you know, is, is, is my question because it's, it's, it is a buzzword. It's a trigger right now mm -hmm. um, for a lot of individuals, you know, because we are locked in and, and quarantine and we're on phase one. I don't even know what phase we in anymore now. I'm just like, we just out here. And then if you in our city, you, you would even think that the pandemic's happening. You can't tell. You right. can't tell in our city. Like, right. Exactly. Unless you work in that field. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I guess for us to really unpack, like how do we distinguish between loneliness and fatigue, for example? Right, right, right. How, how do we know I'm, I'm just not experiencing a fatigue of, of absence? Mm. Of like, I'm not really lonely. Um, I just want to just be around some people. Right. You know? Right. Or I'm really feeling lonely. Yeah. You know, how, how do we, I guess, distinguish between the two? Mm. You know, not not being a smart ass, but carefully, um, it take. I think it takes uh, some time, and not time in the sense like it's gonna take you a couple months to get that answer, buddy. But time in the sense like it's gonna take some intentional meditation time. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take some some intentional self reflection time because I think the challenge that we would have trying to answer that question is. It, uh, it all depends on you. On, really, only you can answer that question. Right. I can't predict it. I can talk about it like we're doing right now, but I can't, I can't give anyone three take... Here are the three takeaways right. to, to make sure you're not lonely. Exactly. N not on this one. Yeah. Not on this one, maybe yeah. on a, a different idea, but this one depends on 
the decisions you make with your emotions. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you if the feeling is real or if it's just a byproduct of unresolved microaggressions. Mm. I can't do that. Hell, sometimes I can't do that for myself until I speak to a therapist. Right. You know? Or I go talk to that big homie, you know, that big homie that everybody needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What I mean, what you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would say um I, I would definitely echo that piece and and in some ways really ask another set of questions around um how much of this idea, this concept of loneliness, as we talked about with being alone, uh, is really um, we're being forced to hide from ourselves hmm. a bit, you know, or not being forced to hide from ourselves, or we've been hiding from ourselves. Yeah. And now we are now forced to confront certain things. Um, you know, in, in ways that we that we haven't had to in the past, because we've always had something to consume our time, something yeah. for us to do, somewhere for us to go, some event that's happening, some, you know, some 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 sort of social gathering. Somebody to go see. Yep. Go be in their face in their space. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody go see right now. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not right now. Not at all. Not at all. You know, and it's it's definitely the, you know, it's it's the see yourself piece. It's that um, it's the uh, I guess you know as we talked about before that love hate relationship with mirrors. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, in some ways, like we love it when it shows us who and what we want to see from ourselves, and then we also hate it when it reveals the things that we don't like about ourselves. When sometimes, you know, we, we find ourselves in the mirror and we feel like we look good and we got the fresh haircut or we got, you know, the makeup is done or whatever the case may be. Maybe. We can't, we can't find enough mirrors, you know, to be in, you know, but let us in some ways feel a sense of self-criticism and and you know a lower self-esteem in terms of like our own image yeah we want to cover the mirrors with sheets we yeah. run from them yeah it's it's cool when you feel in quarantine thick <laughs> it's not so cool when you look in the mirror like damn i got fat <laughs> like this, this ain't it yeah 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 and it's, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it. but it's this but you you put on the same weight that's that's you know that's what I'm saying. Like we're talking about the same thing happened. Yep. You're doing the same amount of snacking. It was no limit on the snacking. That 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 was you in that moment. That was me in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you look at it when you see it in that mirror. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. What what you think? You think it's something to that? The the mirror itself is it something? Is it something about the mirror that's different than like seeing a a picture of yourself, or or is it kind of like? 
Yeah, I mean, to, to some degree, you know, it's, it's, it's the photo gives you the opportunity to edit. The photo gives you the opportunity yeah. to curate yeah. what you want before it's seen by anybody else beyond filters. yourself. Filters. Yeah, filters. Um, yeah. I, can, I can crop. I can put in a different background. I can rotate. You know, <laughs> yeah, do all types of things like that. But it's something about that mirror, that damn mirror. It's something about that mirror. That mirror is just, you know, I mean, capital T truth. It's, it's okay. And, and, and you, you can't curate the mirror. You can't filter the mirror itself, just a plain mirror. You know, you can filter yourself no. by trying to like put more makeup on or put a different hat on your head or whatever mm-hmm. versus the photo, you filter the image. Yeah. You, you know, you edit the image itself. So yeah, it's, it's, but, but the picture, the photo is true. I mean, it's you in the pic, unless you, you know, you catfishing and you, you know what I'm saying? But outside of that, um, I feel like I lost you or, or you lost me. I just know the screen. Uh, <laughs> I know the screen just stopped. Hello. So uh, we back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was about, I was like, let me start saying something good in case it's not me and they just <laughs> watching me right now. <laughs> you would have been off the... <laughs> Hey, wrote a song about it on here. Right. Here you go. <laughs> but uh, I was saying um, the photo, the photo is true. It, it's you, unless I was saying, unless you catfishing. Right. It's you in the photo. It's true. Yeah. But is that the truth? Are you <laughs> right? Filtering right. me right now. Right. right. Before you give it to me right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so, so you know, so again, it just it just begs the question of us interrogating um, what this whole idea of really being lonely is about. You know, are in some ways we're trying to find ourselves because we've been hiding for so long amongst the crowd, amongst people, uh, amongst others, and yeah. then now. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was about to, about to, no, go ahead, finish, and then I got, I, I got some, because you about yeah. to go somewhere. Yeah, I, w- I was just gonna say, you know, and now that we can't hide anymore amongst the crowd, now when it's like no longer safe to, you know, for us to be around others, then what do we do? Right, and that's, that's tight because I'm like, you know, it's about proximity. Mm-hmm. it's about closeness but you know what about when it's not safe to be close right <laughs> right it could be potentially deadly yeah it could be deadly for sure we did we dealing with it we, yeah i mean mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to do with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The 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 fact of it not being safe to be close. Yeah, because that that pricks me to even say that. 
you know, just to say it out loud, I think that was one of those uncomfortable laughs more so than just mm -hmm. finding humor in the moment. Mm -hmm. That was really a laugh to keep from beginning to shed tears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Huh, man. Yeah, I mean, it does something to our, our notions and our fears of loneliness for certain. Um, and, uh, you know, but I, I guess the, the upside is that, is that, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that just because we have distance from others that we're finding ways to be closer to ourselves. Maybe, maybe part of the work circling all the way back to the beginning of this conversation is, uh, in terms of like this being a teachable moment, is to say, um, instead of me looking outwardly mm -hmm. at the solar system, at the planets that are rotating around the sun that we call COVID, mm. uh, maybe I look inwardly, you know, maybe I, I, look, I look at my own earth, my own oceans, my own ozone layer, you know, my own clouds, my own creatures, my own, all of these things within us and, and take this time to really say, man, this is a powerful time for us to reset ourselves and not be so caught up in this idea that I am lonely and embrace the idea that maybe there is true power in being alone right now. Yeah. Maybe there is a place of growth in that. Yeah. Like, um, what does it, what does it look like? What does it do? Um, if you, if you remove COVID from center and so instead of making this, making it the center of your universe, it becomes a thing that exists in your universe. Because I think part of us might have an inclination to act like it's not real. And I don't think that's helpful or healthy. Yeah. But what does it look like? Is there a way, can, can we make space for it to be a thing that exists within the universe, but the center of the universe becomes meaningful connections, mm -hmm. healthy connections, mm -hmm. uh, 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 self-development, um, finding, finding agency, uh, um, uncorking creativity. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All, all of these things, it, maybe those types of energy can become the center. And then we look at the universe and the planets and the clouds and everything and say, okay, no, that, that's not a cloud. That doesn't even need to be in my universe. Like, that's not a dark cloud. I've, I've, I convinced myself that this thing is a dark cloud in my world. Actually, it doesn't even serve me anymore. It doesn't even right. need to be here. I can let that go. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and, and figuring out how to go get those things you just named. Like, mm. like, where do I go to get them? Where do I begin? That may include some meditative practices. That may include trying just try some yoga one day 
you know, pull up a YouTube video or something and just just try it. You know, you never know. You might discover Tai Chi or something. You might discover that, for man, real? this is the most nah, for real. grounding thing that I have needed to add to my life rather than concentrating on the things that you feel have been stripped away from your life right. during this time. Right. And not like a hobby for sake right. of exercise or just to stay yeah. sharp, but something, as you say, something in the vein of meditation, something that deals with mindfulness, something that yes. deals with oneness in a very positive life, something that builds up self so that self can then be energized and, and be fully present with others in the middle of a pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Like we're still in it. So we got to figure out or it would behoove us to figure out how to get as healthy as possible. Like in, in many regards mm -hmm. in this moment, what, you know, it's, it's, it's water for the spirit It's nourishment for the spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't want to add anything else on to that. That was a beautiful benediction. <laughs> yeah, a beautiful benediction, man. Um, you know what? What I what I will share is that uh, you know we hope that you all will join us, whether you're listening in, whether you're watching us on YouTube, yeah. because um, as we mentioned, if you've been following us, uh, this conversation is the first of three conversations, and it's really part of a conversation arc. So, for you to really get it for you to really unpack it. We just need you to be patient with us and journey with us over the next, uh, including this conversation and the next two conversations that we're gonna have um, because all of the dots are gonna connect in the same way that we started some aspects of the conversation here. We're gonna pick up on them uh, yeah. as we go along. So it'd be worth your while to tune in, You know, follow us online. Yeah, subscribe. Subscribe, bookmark, check us out all the platforms, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, mm -hmm. anywhere you can find us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we are literally everywhere. And mm -hmm. we need your help and support to help us grow, to get in front of the eyes and the ears of people that you think may benefit from these type of conversations. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that could really be a part of our tribe too and help us grow. We wanna learn from you just as much as we hope that we're able to impart Absolutely. something um, in, in your lives. And so uh, our effort every time that we do this is that we do not take for granted that you have made a decision to give us part of your life that you can't get back. You are giving us your time, your energy, your attention. And because of that, we take it very seriously in the preparation that we do. And we hope that what you've traded for us and something that you can't get back, we now can replace it with something that you can take with you into the future. Um, so that's it, man. We'll see y'all soon. Yep. Peace.